Welcome to the Disney Wedding Podcast. This show is brought to you by Carrie Hayward's Fairy Tale Weddings Guide, the only guidebook and bridal organizer tailored exclusively to Disney's fairy tale weddings at Walt Disney World. I'm Carrie Hayward, and each week I feature Disney wedding updates, money saving tips, and interviews with wedding vendors and real Disney couples. I also cover honeymoons, anniversaries, and engagements at the Disney parks and resorts. Join me now as the Disney Wedding Podcast celebrates romance at Disney destinations. Today on the Disney Wedding Podcast, I am speaking with Kimberly Newberry and Rich Lowe about their wedding at Seabreeze Point with a reception at the UK Courtyard inside Epcot, a welcome party at Harambe Train Station in Animal Kingdom, and a farewell brunch at the Attic at Boardwalk Inn. I thought you guys would be interested to hear how they chose all of these locations and how they planned everything and how it all turned out. So welcome, Kimberly and Rich. Hi. Hello. Thanks so much for being on the show today. We're glad to be here. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I would love to start at the very beginning and find out how you two decided that you wanted to have your wedding at Disney. It kind of started off as a joke. (laughs) Um... Because I'm actually, I wasn't one of those women who like grew up dreaming about my wedding and all of that. So when he proposed, one of the first things I said was, you know, I don't actually want a wedding, right? And he was like, my family's not going to go for that. And then I was kind of just jokingly, we live in Florida, we're Disney APs, we're at Disney all the time. So I was like, the only way I would agree to a wedding is if we did it at like Disney and did something crazy like that. And I thought I wasn't being serious because I thought that it would just be a bajillion dollars. And then I was like, just out of curiosity, I'll look it up. And then when I did and found out that they had more affordable options, then we were like, wait, our whole relationship has been at Disney. Why would we not do this? And so, yeah, then that's what happened. (laughs) That's awesome. Now, how did your friends and family react when they found out where the wedding was going to be? Most of our friends were really excited. Actually, a few of his friends shortly after we got engaged, before we'd even told anyone, we all went out to lunch and they were like, please tell us you're having a Disney wedding. (laughs) And, (laughs) And we were like, actually, yeah. His parents were the only ones who were a little like, why would you do that? But then as soon as we started showing them pictures and everything, then they got on board really quickly. So for the most part, everyone was really excited about it. Yeah, there wasn't a whole lot of people that were surprised either. Yeah, they kind of expected it. That's wonderful. Now, how many guests did you invite and how many were able to make the trip? I think ultimately we invited 50 something and we had 38 including a couple of last minute cancellations due to COVID. But with within the people who didn't come, that included a lot of plus ones and kids. Funnily enough, we wanted a child free wedding, but we felt weird about telling our friends, oh, hey, come to Disney World with us, but you can't bring your kids. So we decided against it. And then I guess just because of the timing and it being a weekday wedding, then it just naturally worked out that our friends were like, we're going to come, but we're going to leave the kids at home. (laughs) So. Oh, that's great. Okay. Did you set up a room block for your guests? Yes, we did. We did Beach Club, Caribbean Beach Resort, and Pop Century. Now, how did you guys choose the day of the week and time of day for your event? 
day of the week, it was pretty much just we were looking at the event minimums and stuff. Not that that ultimately meant anything (laughs) in the end, unfortunately. But in the beginning, we went in with good intentions. And then for the time, that was more, we had also considered doing one of the early morning in-park things too, because we really wanted to do something in the park. And ultimately, I really wanted the fireworks to not be the end of the day. I didn't want to do the post-wedding fireworks dessert party. I thought it would be really fun if that kind of kicked off the celebration for our guests. And so we decided to do the after-park close reception at Epcot. We also threw around the possibility of doing an earlier ceremony time. But when we first talked to Disney, our first phone call with them, they recommended that the event would flow better if we did the 7.30 ceremony time that just led right into the reception. And so we took their advice and went with that. Okay, got it. Now, how did you choose your ceremony and reception menus? For the ceremony, we thought we were going to do the wedding pavilion. That's what we planned on requesting. But then since it's so competitive, we decided we should probably have a backup in mind. So when we were looking at the other locations, we both really liked the boardwalk area. So we were like, oh, hey, let's offer that as an alternative. And what we didn't realize is that both of us actually preferred Seabreeze Point. And so then I can't remember which one of us finally confessed that they actually would prefer to do it there. But once the one of us did, then the other one was like, wait, I like that better too. So then we just stuck with Seabreeze Point. And then for the reception, especially since we were doing Seabreeze Point, we really liked the idea of doing something in Epcot and having a feeling of being international, even though we weren't. And so we had a couple of pavilions in mind, and it was really more about the theme for us and what would fit our theme. And I am a huge Mary Poppins fan. And so then I was like, well, what if we did a Mary Poppins wedding and then had our reception in UK Courtyard? And so that's what we ended up doing. Also, we started planning this when COVID was still going. So we were actually favoring an outdoor reception venue and wedding venue. So Seabreeze Point was, was a good choice. Yeah, that's a great point. Now, did you guys use any outside vendors for the portions of your event where you were able to? Yes, we did. I used an outside photographer, Regina Hyman. We absolutely loved her. She was amazing. And then for my hair and makeup, I used Tiffany from Bronze and Glow Beauty. And she was also super amazing. I felt like a princess at all of our photo shoots and at the wedding. Like it was just amazing. And then we had a day of coordinator, Kelsey Johnson with Simply Enchanted Events. And she was also, I know I keep saying amazing, but we really would not have gotten through the day without her. She was such a huge help. That's fantastic. How did you guys choose your officiant? We just used the Diz Brides group and the podcast. And since we had a Mary Poppins theme, we actually heard one of your episodes where you interviewed her. And when we realized that she had a British accent, we used Catherine Amundi. We heard her accent. We were like, oh, my goodness, we have to use her. So, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Now, how did you guys incorporate your Mary Poppins theme in the ceremony and the reception? 
in the ceremony, one of the things was that we incorporated cherry blossoms as much as possible into our floral, which of course was difficult in Florida, <laughs> being that they're not native to Florida and it's not even the season, even in the regions that they are native. But I didn't shy away from artificial flowers where we were able to use them. Um, and then just in all of our design, like our stationery and all of that, we used a lot of cherry blossoms. And then probably one of my favorite elements was for our unity ceremony. During the ceremony, we did a unity tea so that we could both add a spoonful of sugar. And then all of our processional music was, we had songs from Mary Poppins played by the guitarist. That was really lovely too. And then at our reception venue, then we leaned heavily into Mary Poppins for the decor, like the theming of our tables and our cake, our cake topper was Mary Poppins, our card box was Mary Poppins. And then we had Mary Poppins actually come to the reception. She did a lot of prep work for this, for the Mary Poppins theme. You did a good job, babe. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you mentioned that you had a guitarist at the ceremony. Can you talk about the entertainment you had at the reception, like how it worked with Mary Poppins? Yeah, so we used a Disney DJ, and then we had Mary Poppins. And the only downside to that is that unlike other characters, Disney is incredibly strict with Mary. So she is not allowed to be in any pictures with any wedding elements because Mary doesn't attend weddings. <laughs> <laughs> and also they would not let us use our professional photographer to take pictures of her. We had to kind of go back and forth with Disney. And finally what they agreed was that she would be allowed to take pictures on my personal cell phone so like she couldn't even use her camera and then just not include them on any public gallery she was just completely prohibited from taking our photos at all unless it was on my phone they actually didn't tell us this beforehand but I had always envisioned that our dance floor would be open while Mary was there and that Mary would be in one area and our dance floor would be in another area so that people wouldn't really have to line up to take pictures with her. It's not like we had a large group, but I just didn't want people stuck in line during the reception. Um, I wanted them dancing. And we had talked with Disney about this beforehand, but on the night of, the DJ hadn't started playing yet and I asked my day of coordinator and a couple other people and they were all like he's not allowed to play while Mary's here so he was playing like soft background music but not the dance music so yeah, they were just very strict with her that is interesting okay did she cost more than a traditional character no she didn't and actually one of the things that came up during our planning process was that if we got moved to our rain backup our rain backup was the Living Seas Salon. And so at first they said if we got moved for the rain that we wouldn't be allowed to have Mary then. And so I asked if there was any kind of blank wall or anything that she could stand in front of. And they said that they would go back to entertainment and check and see if they could have a backdrop for her if that happened. And so that did finally get approved. And from my understanding, we wouldn't have been charged for the backdrop if that had happened. And so, yeah, she cost the same. She just came with an insane amount of rules. <laughs> Still worth it? Yes. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> 
Okay, so then do you have any menu items or cake flavors from the reception that you would recommend? Oh, man. (laughs) That is so hard because we just had an overload of food. So our cake flavors, all three layers were really delicious. We had the lemonade cake with the passion fruit mousse for our top layer. Our middle layer was marble with cookies and cream mousse. And our bottom layer was lavender with lemon curd and fresh blueberry. And all three of them were great. They were all really popular for our food. So we had this really long battle with Disney actually (laughs) over one of our entrees. Because they always say that you can request food items from anywhere in the parks, we decided we always heard good things about the braised short ribs. So we were like, we'll do that. But I wasn't really into any of the chicken or fish options that they had on the menu. And we had eaten at Boma last spring and had this really delicious salmon. And I foolishly forgot to write the name down. (laughs) And so all I remembered is that it had something to do with orange and almond in the name. And part of what made it good was it had this amazing creamy sauce over the top that kept the salmon really moist even though it was on a buffet so I was thinking that would be perfect for a buffet reception and so when I told my Disney planner she had some other kind of salmon on the BEO so we responded and we were like hey can you check with the catering team because we don't think this is the right salmon and I told her the specific day that we had gone to BOMA I was able to go back through my email confirmations because we thought it would be as simple as them just contacting Boma and finding out what salmon it was. And apparently that wasn't the case because that started literal months long back and forth (laughs) between (laughs) me reviewing the names and everything of what they said was the salmon and it just not being correct. Finally, I found an old blog post from like 2013 from one of the Disney blogs. And I was like, I actually think this is it or similar. And our planner was like, yes, that's it. (laughs) (laughs) So that is what they ended up serving. So of course, when we got to the reception and got our meal, one of the first things I wanted to do was try the salmon because I was like, I don't know, the sauce looks a little different, but we'll see. It definitely was not the one. (laughs) It had some kind of orange glaze on it. But the good thing is that that was probably the food item that I heard the most about from our guests. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they loved it. Yeah. So it did taste good. I liked it too. But unfortunately, I can't even recommend it because I have no clue what it was. So, so yeah, just ask for the random orange glazed salmon that they made for another wedding, I guess, if anyone wants that. (laughs) Can you tell my listeners a little bit about the welcome party you had at the train station in Animal Kingdom and the farewell brunch at the attic? Yeah. So I actually think the welcome party might still be my favorite event from the whole time because it just went off so perfectly. We got the chartered bus service. It was really fun. We got to see all of our guests who had just arrived to town on the bus. And then when we arrived, the first thing we did was a ride mix in on Flight of Passage And we didn't disclose any of our venues to our guests beforehand. And so they were just on the bus and then we pulled into the parking lot and we were like, surprise, we're here, we're going to Animal Kingdom. And then they also didn't know they were getting a ride. 
(laughs) And so so that was just a surprise for them. And it was really fun. So that was how we started it, which is just like kind of a crazy way to kick off a Disney wedding, especially for a group of non-Disney people, because they just weren't expecting it at all. And not just any ride, though. Flight of passage. (laughs) Yes. Flight of passage. It wasn't just any ride. (laughs) Yes, that's true, too. And so, yeah. And then from there, they walked us over to Harambe train station, which we had not requested. We had originally done Tammy Tammy Courtyard. And then they told us that due to construction, we couldn't have that as a venue. And so Disney moved us to the train station and we were fine with that. And then once we were actually there, it ended up being really beautiful. And we didn't even put a lot of decor into it, but it was just a really perfect location. It has such good natural decor. And the food was actually, the welcome party food was also (laughs) my favorite of the whole time because we did different dishes from the different African style restaurants from like Animal Kingdom and Spice Road Table at Epcot. So we had a super customized menu for that. And when we went to our food tasting, the chef was like, I'm so excited about your welcome party menu. And then when we got there that night, all the Disney cast members who were working the event were like, your menu is so awesome. (laughs) And so it was just, we had really good food at the welcome party. So it was just like this really positive, easy vibe with less moving parts than the ceremony and reception, of course. So it was just easy and fun. And then our farewell brunch at the attic was also really nice and laid back. It was nice since it had the indoor-outdoor area. And, of course, you can see Seabreeze Point from the balcony. So we just thought that would be a good place to go and have our guests kind of reminisce on the night before. And we had a violinist come to perform, and she was just amazing and super entertaining. She was one of the ones that they have who can take songs on uh, request, and so our guests were having a lot of fun with that, and we also had some really good food there, and then we had Mickey Mouse come, and so that was, <laughs> that was like the cherry on top, and they did a really cute thing where our photographer had us all get together for a group photo on the little patio area, and then she was like, is anyone missing? And people were like looking around and thinking, no, like here's my friend, here's my partner whatever and then mickey came trotting out <laughs> and so and the violinist was playing the mickey mouse song in the background and so it was really cute and all of our guests were really surprised that's fantastic did you pick a specific outfit for mickey yes we did one of them that we had seen at a special event it was like his springtime surprise or i can't remember what it was called but it's a casual spring one which was perfect for our farewell brunch because We had told our guests they could be casual for that. Got it. Okay. Can you give my listeners a timeline of how the wedding day fit together? Yeah. (laughs) So my time was very different than his. I'm sure (laughs) you can imagine. I got up at like 630-ish. My maid of honor and I had a breakfast reservation for 7.30 at Trattoria Al Forno. And then we went over to Mandara Spa at Swan and Dolphin to get our nails done. And then we made it back just in time for hair and makeup to get there. They met us at my hotel room at 11. And then they were doing their thing all day. And it really did take right up until when our photographer got there. I think she arrived at 4.30 if I remember correctly. And so 
Regina and her team got there. Um, they also had videographers. So then we did all of our getting ready pictures. And then our first look was around, I think, 530 or 545. And then our family portraits were at 610. And then we were able to wrap those up and do some more fun portraits on the boardwalk, just the two of us, um, until it was time to set up for the ceremony. Ceremony started at 730. We got escorted into Epcot immediately after, and our pre-reception, I guess, was technically scheduled for 8.30. I don't know what time we actually got over there. Um, the fireworks were at 9, and then we got access to UK Courtyard starting at 10, and our reception was over at 2, and then, so we got back to the hotel room a little after 2.30, and then hair and makeup was back at 3 a.m. the next morning to get ready for the photo shoot. <laughs> We didn't sleep that night. <laughs> oh, he did. <laughs> I slept like two hours. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> would you recommend that timeline to someone else who's going to have a park shoot or would you say have it on a different day? I was really struggling on that Epcot morning. I did it because I wanted to save on hair and makeup. And I was thinking since I'll already have it done the night before for the ceremony and the reception, then I don't have to pay to have them come back. And that's what I originally asked for when I set up my hair and makeup contract. But then the more I thought about it, the more I realized that I would be super paranoid during the reception about keeping my hair perfect for the super expensive photo shoot. And so I decided for peace of mind to have her come back anyway. I actually think it held, it would have been fine. But I did end up completely changing my look for the portrait session. But if I hadn't, it would have held. But I honestly don't think I would recommend that because even though we got really awesome pictures out of it, there are some pictures that you can just tell in my face that I'm done. <laughs> I am ready to crash. <laughs> I couldn't tell. I thought the pictures were great, but I did get two hours of sleep. So <laughs> that, that's more. That's two hours more than she got. So I guess my experience was a little bit different. I would recommend it if you can get two hours of sleep. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so when you guys were planning, what were some of the most important aspects of the event where you focused your attention or your budget? Definitely guest experience. We had a lot of non-Disney guests. And even though our friends were all supportive and excited about it, we kind of wanted to share with them, like, this is why we're obsessed with Disney World. This is why we go all the time. And so that meant to us that we definitely wanted to incorporate a ride, definitely a character, and definitely fireworks. And so the guest experience was definitely a huge area. And then food just because the Disney per person minimums are already so expensive. We were like, we definitely want to make sure that we're serving our guests food that we're excited about. Uh, we took our research very seriously since we're at Disney all the time, pretty much in the year of planning. We went to and tried out different restaurants, different stands to figure out exactly what we might want. And so those were two areas that we really focused on. And then the third one was the theme because we were making it a Mary Poppins wedding. We didn't want it to be like over the top or cheesy, but we also definitely wanted to make sure that we had some of those Easter eggs for our guests who are fans of the movie to pick up and be like, oh, I get why they're doing that. And so, yeah. That's fantastic. 
Were there any aspects that were less important where you saved your money or just your effort? Um, we went in with some areas that we didn't want to spend on. And over the course of planning, I don't know, things kept getting added. (laughs) I think one area that we really tried to rein it in on was decor for, especially for the reception. So we recycled our floral And then my strategy to save money there was to completely deck out the area by our sweetheart table so that there was a central focal point in the room. But that when for the decor that we had to replicate because it was going to be at every guest table that that we would have inexpensive elements there. And then we also went against some of the conventional strategies of like not upgrading chargers and not upgrading linens and all of that to save money. Instead, we did upgrade that so that we could get more pops of color and then hopefully draw attention away from the fact that we didn't get flashy, expensive centerpieces. So basically what we told Disney is that we wanted it to kind of look like an antique British tea party. (laughs) And so just like more teacups and teapots and stuff like that. And then our aisle decor from the ceremony, we had that moved over for our reception instead of doing big centerpieces and then let the chargers and the linens kind of tell the story. So we think it wasn't that noticeable to our guests (laughs) that we really went low on the centerpiece budget. With that being said, one of our early questions to Disney was, since this is Mary Poppins and we kind of want a cherry tree lane feel, is there any way to get cherry trees at a reception? And the answer was yes. Um, (laughs) And so that was definitely a decor splurge that since we didn't know going in that that was even a possibility, we definitely hadn't planned for it. Our money savings were people not showing up. That's where we saved money. Yes. (laughs) Because we budgeted for everybody showing up. And then when some people did not show up, that saved us money. Yeah. (laughs) That's great. So what ended up being each of your favorite memory of the wedding day? Well, like I said before, the welcome party was just, I am still just in awe of how smoothly and fun and amazing and just like the vibe was so perfect. But from the wedding day itself, and actually probably tied with the welcome party, we did a private last dance. We added it at the very end. We didn't know that that was an option, but both our DJ and our day of coordinator in their questionnaires asked us if we were doing one and we were like wait what's that is it possible and so we emailed our planner at Disney and said can we do this since we're doing an in-park reception and they said yes all it meant was that they would send our guests out um, about 15 minutes early have everyone pack up and then either because we were required to have the chartered bus either our guests could sit and wait for us or we could get a town car to privately take us from the reception, but that yes, it was possible. So we opted to do that. And it was just a really beautiful moment. Our like our song (laughs) song is not kind of a mainstream popular one. And so we hadn't done it for our first dance because we didn't think anyone would really know it. And so then that gave us our opportunity to do that. And like, it was just one of those 
moments or a couple of minutes where I was trying to take as many mental snapshots as possible because it was like, we're never going to have this moment again. And UK courtyard is never going to look like this again. And it just looked so beautiful with all the candles and our decor and all of that. And so having it emptied out and having that private moment after everything was done that we could just like be together and have it just be the two of us in that moment was really, really special. You know, and in, in addition to that, I think one of one of my favorite parts or elements of the wedding was, and this may sound weird, but just walking through the park to our venue. Because um, we have Disney's walking guides, our entourage, our people are with us. And then as we walk through the park, other people see us and they're clapping and they're high-fiving and they're saying congratulations. It makes it kind of makes you feel like a celebrity or kings and queens for a moment. It was it was a really unforgettable experience. <laughs> That's wonderful. Did anything go wrong or just not turn out like you expected? For the most part, the stuff that went wrong was just was smaller stuff. Um, our only issue was our officiant read the wrong ceremony script. Um, and of course, we didn't know that until the ceremony actually started and there was nothing we could do. So that was a little disappointing, uh, but there wasn't really anything that we could do about it. But everything that went wrong, it was so tiny. Um, like at our welcome party, when they moved us to Harambe train station, we went and checked it out the next time that we were there just because it'd been a while since we'd been over in that area. We never really go over to like Rafiki's planet watch and all of that when we're at animal kingdom. So we went over to check it out and realized that it had really cool African jungle music and, um, and giant industrial fans that are very effective. And so we asked our planner, especially since originally our welcome party, we were going to have dinner while the park was open and then have our ride mix in. We asked her if they would still be on and she said yes. But then at the last minute, they changed the park hours and they had to change our time. And we flipped our event so that it started with the ride mix in. And then the dinner portion of our welcome party was after hours. And so when we got over there, I didn't notice because I was having such a great time, but the fans were off and everyone was just absolutely melting and Disney was on it. I think Rich actually went over and asked one of the Disney people, is there any way that we can get the big fans back on? And I guess the person who has the key to whatever room they need to access that wasn't even there. And they like called them, had them come back from who knows where. And so (laughs) it took a little while, but they came over and they got them on (laughs) it was really crazy um and so yeah most of the stuff was really tiny little details like they forgot to put out our specialty drink signs at the reception uh, but that wasn't a big deal as soon as we asked about it they were able to go back and they actually had them printed already they just forgot to send them out so it took like 30 seconds for them to to figure it out and fix it we were honestly really amazed at how smoothly it all went that's fantastic Now, was there anything that seemed like a big deal beforehand or you were worried about and then it turned out not to be a big deal? Definitely the weather. Yes. (laughs) Um, Since we live in Florida, we're very familiar with hurricane season and the heat and the rain. And um, when we were actually talking to our third party vendors, we had several of them make comments about like, oh, we really hope you like your rain backup or something like that, which then (laughs) we instantly crossed them off the list. (laughs) So we were like, none of that makes 
negativity. <laughs> and so, but uh, yeah, basically since we had our letter of agreement and we knew for sure that we were getting these outdoor venues and we're like, okay, we're in Florida in September. This is such a huge gamble. But I went back through the almanac and you have to go back like 13 years to find a September 5th where it rained in Orlando, which is so random and weird. And so I was like, hopefully this year won't break the trend. We'll see. And so, of course, for the whole year, I was panicking about the weather. We were very aggressive with Disney about our rain backups. Um, they gave us a couple of options that we didn't like, and we pushed back until we got what we wanted um, because of that. And so, yeah, it was just a lot of stressing and freaking out. Not only did we have like perfect weather for all of our events, um, but we had the most amazing sunset through our whole ceremony. So it ended up like there's nothing we could have done, obviously, to set that up, but it was it was so perfect. Yeah. So, yeah. And you were so worried about the rain. I was worried less about the rain. I was worried more about the heat because we were in that heat dome at the time and I had to wear a tux. And so I was prepping, I was uh, buying like moisture wicking undershirts and, and trying to figure out what I was going to wear if it was too hot. I was, I was actually considering not wearing my jacket. I was actually planning not to wear my jacket, but that day I was on just such a high because it was just the best day of my life. I didn't care. I put the jacket on. I said, man, this thing looks good. I am definitely going to wear this thing. <laughs> and, and I didn't even think about the heat. It didn't even cross my mind that day. That's awesome. Now, you make a good point about the rain backups. A lot of people don't know that you can request specific rain backups and that there are no standard rain backups for any location, that Disney just assigns them 30 days out. Can you talk a bit about the ones that you specially requested? Yes. So with Seabreeze Point, they um, were going to have us in the Boardwalk Convention Center in one of the ballrooms there, uh, which makes sense. It's very close by. Uh, actually, first they had us in Harbor Breezeway. And we actually, I don't know what it is, but every time we're in the Boardwalk area, we get caught in giant torrential rainstorms. <laughs> <laughs> and, so, and so soon after we got our first BEO and saw that that was our rain backup, we were over at Boardwalk and there was a huge rainstorm. So we were like, great, let's go check out Harbor Breezeway. And it was so loud because I guess just the way that it echoes, plus it's barely more covered than Seabreeze Point. And so we were like, what would the point be of even moving over here? And so we asked Disney if we could get something else and they gave us the Boardwalk Convention Center. And so then the next time we were out there, again, we were in the Boardwalk area when it started raining. <laughs> and so we were like, hey, let's go to the convention center so that we can see what these ballrooms are like. It is beautiful in there like we were actually really amazed that ballrooms could actually be that pretty but all of the colors in there were a red and gold and our co colors and all of our decor and everything we did cherry blossom pink and navy blue and I was just imagining how our photos were going to turn out and that the colors would just it, they would clash it would have looked horrible so when we had our menu tasting, we it was at the Yacht Club Convention Center, and the Yacht Club ballrooms were all different shades of blue. 
And so I was like, this works a lot better with our color scheme. And Yacht Club is not that far away from Seabreeze Point. And so we should just do it here. So then we asked our planner, um, our Disney planner, and she actually originally said no and gave us a lot of pushback and said it would be too confusing and that our guests would be over at boardwalk so they'd have to walk over to yacht club in the rain and all this other stuff and we were like no because we we would tell them even if it's at the boardwalk convention center they we would have to tell them don't go to seabreeze point go to this ballroom instead and so instead of say telling them that we would tell them to go to yacht club um so the way that we ended up resolving it is we realized if we did a charter transportation pickup, if we set it an hour earlier than it was already scheduled for, then our chartered bus would pick our guests up. So then the bus would just be able to take them to the yacht club and adding an hour onto the bus didn't really it's like it doesn't affect the budget that much because we were already paying the cost for the transportation coordinator and all of that. And so we asked our planner, okay, well, if we add an hour and add pickup for our guests, then can we have Yacht Club Convention Ballroom? And she said yes then. <laughs> and so that's how we got that one. And then for the reception, we got assigned Living Sea Salon um, as soon as we got our first BEO. And we were actually really happy about that because it doesn't fit our theme at all, but at least it's like blue and dark in there. So we were like, okay, it won't clash with our decor. And then, um, and it's just a cool space. So we were like, all right, that's fine. Um, and then our final BEO that we got when it came time for payment, our planner was like, oh, BT Dub, your rain backup just got moved to World Showplace because that's more convenient. And, and I like, I almost lost it. <laughs> like, actually, both of us, we were both panicking because we were like, no, it's just a dark, windowless nothing. Like, and because we had limited our decor to save money so much, we were just like, we will not have enough to make that space look nice. And so I responded right away and I was like, is there any way we can? And have Living Sea Salon back. Like, we absolutely do not want World Showplace. And then he responded, and I usually did most of the communication with our planner. <laughs> and so he like double teamed and was like, please do not put us in there, please. And so then she responded and she's like, okay, we put you back in Living Seas, but just FYI, Disney can change it at any time, including last minute if they want. And we were like, that's fine, but it says Living Seas right now. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm glad that worked out for you. No, we didn't need it because we had great weather. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Is there anything you would have done differently knowing what you know now? Well, we already talked about the in-park photo session timeline, doing it right after our wedding. We still got amazing pictures out of it, but we had the Magic Kingdom session the next morning. And even just having that additional night's sleep it was just so much more enjoyable. Like, I think we got good pictures out of the Epcot session. I just didn't have fun doing it. <laughs> <laughs> and so I would probably recommend that. And then the other thing is, um, so we had scheduled extra time before the wedding um, down in Orlando, both 
the couple of days beforehand and then a couple of days after, actually more than a couple of days after we stayed out down there for about an additional week. And we had plans to do kind of our final um, wedding tasks once we got down there, like stuffing our welcome bags because we were still going to run to the grocery store and pick up snacks um, at Publix once we were there for that. And part of it was that, speaking of bad weather, our part of Florida actually had a hurricane the week leading up to the wedding. And so that definitely interfered with our like final to-do list because we had to switch out of wedding mode for a week and go into storm mode and then switch back in the day before we left. Um, So there was definitely some stuff that didn't get done that I think we otherwise would have gotten done that week. Um, But those couple of days leading up to the wedding, um, since we were still doing part days we thought that they would be nice simple like oh just the two of us before it gets crazy um we had a blast but it was really exhausting and stressful once we got back to the hotel room at night and we were like oh we still have like chores basically to do for the wedding um and so yeah I would just be realistic if people are planning some park time or some vacation time in the lead up to the wedding at Disney, just be realistic about your to-do list and, and get it out of the way. Um, And then the other thing I thought that we had gone over every detail and had a plan for everything, but we passed out our welcome bags at the welcome party and um, our bus pickup was actually at Beach Club, but our my room was at Boardwalk-In, and that's where we were setting up the welcome bags. And we had a lot in there, including water bottles, so they were really heavy. And so about 20 minutes before we were supposed to walk over to Beach Club, we were like, wait, how are we going to get all the bags over there? <laughs> and we both, we both picked up a giant handful of them and were like immediately drenched in sweat and our arms were like falling off because they were so heavy. Um, and so we just hadn't thought of that at all. He tried calling like his best man was staying at beach club. So we were like, maybe he can come over and help us carry them. Um, but he was just getting out of the shower. <laughs> wasn't ready yet. <laughs> and so, we were like, how in the world are we going to get these over? We couldn't take multiple trips because the bus was picking us up and we couldn't be late for the bus. He actually wanted to abandon the bags. Yeah, I was like, (laughs) leave them here. (laughs) I was like, we put too much into these. We're not leaving them. Um, And so I was like, we're just, we'll take it slow and let's just go. And so we loaded up both of our arms with all our bags and as soon as we stepped outside the boardwalk, he like dropped most of his bags. And this other couple was like, what in the world are you doing? Do you need help? And I was like, no, no, no. And he was like, yes. And I was like, no. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yes, please help us. Yeah. And I was like, no, you're on vacation. Go enjoy your vacation. This is our problem. And he was like, no, we need the help. <laughs> so yeah, that couple helped us carry our welcome back. It was so heavy for- too. I'm like, I'm not, I'm, I live <laughs> weights and stuff like that that was heavy it It was was very heavy heavy. it was so yeah just 
it's easy to forget the smaller stuff like that. Um, and so just try, and we had, we had walked through what we thought was every moment of our wedding multiple times to try and knock stuff out and still just completely forgot. And I think we both thought boardwalk is right next to beach club. It's a short walk. This won't be a big deal, but when you're carrying all those bags and all those water bottles, it was a huge deal <laughs> and we would have not made it without that couple. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I, I have, um, I have one like small, I guess, I guess a bit of advice for, for future couples. I just want to say things are going to go wrong. Small things are going to go wrong or just not the way that they may expect, but it's still going to turn out to be a wonderful experience. So don't stress out about it too much. That's fantastic. Any other tips or advice for future Disney couples? That BEO, go over the BEO <laughs> with a fine tooth comb. Go over it a million times. Um, and what we also thought was really helpful, Carrie, was when we did the review with you um, because you saw stuff on there that we wouldn't have realized. But there was one big thing. We had a specialty mocktail that we had requested um, and gotten approved. And it was inspired based off of the drink from Space 220 that has the pop rocks in it. And we were calling it the Poppins. And our BEO, when we got, when it listed the ingredients, it just said rock candy. And I saw that, but I was like, there's no way that they're going to do those like weird suckers that look like rocks. When obviously like this drink has pop rocks in it, it shouldn't be an issue. Um, so when we did the BEO with you and mentioned that you were like, no, I would ask them. <laughs> so we did. And they were definitely going to give us the rock suckers. <laughs> <laughs> Which made no sense whatsoever. So we picked a different mocktail that we like from Nomad Lounge. It was delicious. We changed the name to the Sister Suffragette, which I thought was fun and snappy anyway. So it all worked out. But like, yeah, definitely if anything looks weird on your BEO, it's better to just reach out and ask them and know for sure. Because even things that look funny that you're like, there's no way Disney's thinking this, they really might be. So. Yeah. And just just to add to that, you know, the fairy tale wedding guide was like our, that was our go to. That was our main source of information that we used originally to plan this. Um, and then all of your podcasts and listening to others, uh, others experiences. And then, of course, the calls that we've had with you going over our BEOs, those those helped out so much. Oh, that's fantastic. I'm so glad that you found the book and the podcasts and the consultation sessions helpful. Yeah, yes. very helpful. Almost pretty much vital. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> Yeah, I can't imagine knowing all the options without all of that insight yeah. because Disney does not make it freely available. <laughs> so that's right. Yeah. Well, Kimberly and Rich, you've offered a ton of great tips and advice for anyone who's interested in getting married at Walt Disney World. And I appreciate your taking the time. Thank you so much. Thank you. That's our show for today. I'm your host, Carrie Hayward, inviting you to join me again next week for another episode of the Disney Wedding Podcast. Past shows and tons of photos for each episode are available on my website, DisneyWeddingPodcast.com, or listen in your favorite podcast app. And for instant answers to all your Walt Disney World wedding questions, check out Carrie Hayward's Fairy Tale Weddings Guide, available as an interactive ebook with continual free updates at FairyTaleWeddingsGuide.com. <laughs>